Hi guys, and once again, welcome to the Love to Learn English podcast. My name is Rich, and in today's episode, I'm joined by Dan. Dan is a young entrepreneur who started SerialGaming.com, a competitive online gaming website. We're also joined by his dog Dinah, who is really beautiful, but she does bark throughout the episode. If you want to help us grow, always remember you can purchase the worksheets on our website that have the best tips and vocabulary to help you improve your English. Hey Dan, how are you? Very good, thanks. How are you? Very good too. Welcome to the the podcast. You've brought a a friend today. Yeah, best so you, friends. Man's best friend, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> so, man's best friend is an expression that means uh, dog, basically. So, dogs are considered to be such good friends with humans that we call them man's best friend in English. So, as I mentioned in the intro, Dan owns a competitive gaming company. And we're going to talk a bit about that today. So, Dan, uh, how did you first start, and what is your company? What do you guys do? So the company's called Serial Gaming. It's basically just a tournaments website where you can enter tournaments, squad up with other players, compete for prizes. Wait, what do you mean squad up? Sorry, squad up is in. It's kind of like a problem a lot of gamers have is if their friends don't play that particular game or if they're not part of a particular clan, they struggle actually joining the community and joining the clan. And by clan, I mean like. Team, like a team, yeah, like yeah. A big so, clan is team. team, and to squad up is to join a team. To join one, yeah. So okay. it's not just like joining like a four-player team or something. Like if you join a clan, it's like joining some. Well, sometimes you have clans that are hundreds of players deep. Yeah. So that's part of it as well. It's like a social place also for people to not only compete in my tournaments and my challenges, but also just to find players to team up with that are like-minded, that are yeah. playing the same games as them. Because it's a problem I found as well. When I used to... I don't really game much anymore, but... <laughs> That's the dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait your turn. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's not something I set out to do, but I just found people would be entering my tournaments and then... They'd be posting to find other players to play against anyway. Yeah. Sit. Wait your turn. Sit down. Come here. Just uh, wait one second. We're getting the dog to relax. She's fine. All right. Be free. <laughs> okay. Um, dog is loose. <laughs> sorry, so you were saying? Yeah. Um, what was the first question? How did I get into it? Yeah, so how did you start the company and what do you do? So I started because I used to be on the other end of it. I used to play a lot of FIFA and there was no real, there was no real community I was part of. So I went looking for that community and then found that you could actually earn prizes and play for prize money on certain American based websites. Yeah. So that's how I got the idea from it. I was using a variety of those websites. And then one day I just thought I could actually make my own website that's very user-friendly and that's very accessible for everyone, not just higher-level players. And then that's when I started Serial Gaming. So it's just over two years ago now. So so what, what's the site address? Sorry. SerialGaming.com. SerialGaming.com, okay. So at the moment, we've got a iOS app, an iPhone app that 
uh, iPhone users can use. But then for the past six to eight months, we've actually been building a brand new website, which is really what the idea and the vision was like two and a half years ago. Yeah. So it's taken until this long to really get the personnel and the resources to actually build this website. Sorry, what do you mean by personnel? Personnel is in, uh, well, personnel is in the people I'm working with. Yeah, the right people. people. Yeah. Yeah, personnel, right people. Okay. Because when I started, I had to hire app developers, so an app developing company to build my app to host the tournaments and to host other people's um, challenges and things like that. And then once... I launched the app. I quickly realized then that I'd need to launch either the Android app or really hurry up the website and get that going. So then that's when I actively found two developers to join the company rather than just hire them on like a one-time use basis. So I met these two developers called Carly and Andrew. One's based in Hungary and one is based just outside Moscow. Yeah. So they're already friends. Yeah. So I first got a message from Carly um, because I was admin of a FIFA Facebook group and he actually wanted to build a different style of website and contacted me first to actually see if he could advertise in my Facebook group. Yeah. So then I told him no because it, was, it wasn't like a FIFA-related website. It was more gaming in general. Um, and then, yeah, we got talking. And then after a couple of weeks of back and forth, he actually joined the team then to actually build the new serial gaming website with me. And then he hired his friend Andrew for <laughs> the harder parts. The harder parts. <laughs> He's a more skilled programmer. Or... It's just the difference between back-end and front-end developing. Yeah. So the back end is more like the the actual mechanics of the website yeah. and the front end is more linking the mechanics to what you see on screen. Yeah. So those are two interesting terms actually for uh, for developing. So you have the back end and front end, right? So the back end, just to confirm, is the the mechanics, yeah. the coding and that type of thing. And the front end is what you see visually as a customer. Pre- yeah, pretty yeah. simply, yeah. But then also the front end includes like payment systems and things like that. So it's, yeah, it's it's not just what you see, but it's yeah, the back ends is a lot more yeah the te- technical side of it. I'd say yeah, stuff the customer does not see. Yeah, right? pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, what was the most difficult obstacle that you faced or had as you were developing uh, this site? Just so I can explain quickly. So obstacle means problem. So yeah, so what was the biggest obstacle or problem that you had developing it? So obstacle means something that gets in the way, something that stops you doing what you want to do. So I think I think this would be for a lot of businesses getting started is the running costs and the expenditure to actually build what you want. So because because when I started, I initially over three years ago, wanted to do a website first rather than go with the apps first. But when I started getting quotes for the website to actually hire people, they were quoting me between sixty and eighty thousand pounds because of how technical the website would be. Yeah, it wouldn't. You know, it's not just images. It's not just yeah, like information pages. It actually has to be a running, a running website with actual integration, and it's quite technical. 
So actually getting the funding to get that started was very difficult and getting the early users on board to actually kind of go with, not replace, well, it's like two points to look at it. Either the players or teams I sign up, either they've never played in a tournament before or they currently yeah. play on tournament websites. Yeah. So you're being compared either to multi-million pound tournament websites that have had like 50 million put into them to build them. Sure. Or you're coming in fresh that they've never been on a tournament website before. Yeah. So then they, they've kind of got no expectations for it, but then also at the same time, huge expectations because of that. So it's kind of like two angles that came into it. So yeah, the, the, I wouldn't say there was one specific uh, biggest like problem or obstacle to have when starting. There's just many things, including having the platform to compare with companies who have had like huge multi multi million pounds investments put behind it to build it, yeah. as well as like marketing campaigns and things sure. like that. And then also just the know how as well, and having a t- you know the huge teams put around you because. Only over the past year or so have I actually started to solidify my team. So the development team, but also the customer service team, the support side of it team. It's been difficult actually getting those people confirmed when, again, there's not a lot of funds to give them early on. It's still giving them more like an idea of the vision and the project. Yeah. So funds is money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So whereas like one of these... I won't say any names because they, they are my competitors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're huge tournament websites that are existing out there, mainly American-based ones. Like, all of their staff, they are on, like, you know, at least 30,000-plus salary. That's, like, minimum 30, wage. 30,000 pounds a year. Yeah. Um, or or whatever or the dollars. minimum okay. wage would be in America. And they, they've got huge teams. Yeah. Was with us, like, we're such a small team. Like, we're... We're playing catch-up, then we're also trying to take over them, which is very difficult. What do you mean by playing catch-up? Uh, well, just because some, some of these existing tournament websites, they've been going since, like, the late 2000s. Yeah. So, like, one of them was 2006, so it's been a... So you're yeah, behind they, and you're trying to catch-up or get to their level? Get right? to their level, yeah, yeah. But then also, because we've got a different... Different kind of thinking about it. We're kind of, we're trying to get as big as them. We're like brand wise, but then also not just be directly compared to them. Yeah. You need to be a bit different as well. I yeah. Think, to do that. Because like the whole vision with serial gaming was, we're not just like specific set games like Call of Duty, FIFA, even though we do offer those games, like bigger yeah. tournaments for those games. Sure. We want to do it more where... It's kind of all all games, like any game you play. So mm-hmm. it's not specifically your stereotypical gamer. So it's, you know, some, some like late teenager playing FIFA in his room. Like we've also got games for like Clash of Clans, for example. So like yeah. older people who are just on their mobile phone can play. So it's not specifically... The dog's just... Uh, <laughs> go for a <laughs> Going for a wander, that means go, going for a walk, right? Yeah. A wander, a walk. Trying to sniff something out. So yeah, it's not specifically just like traditional 
you know, Saturday night the console games where we do yeah. mobile games and things like that as well. So we're trying to appeal to like a huge, well, just anyone in general, really, because there's a lot of people, especially older people now with smartphones that play games on their mobile, but yeah. you wouldn't, they wouldn't say that they're gamers. Yeah. They wouldn't say that they play video games, but then they play something on their mobile. So technically they are you know, gamers. They, yeah. You know, that is like a video game. So that's what we're trying to appeal to as well. Rather than just like the stereotypical gamer, you know, Saturday yeah. playing FIFA, Call of Duty, things like that. You try, yeah. There's other trying markets to, appeal to like the older people as well. So that's your target market then. So that's the the group of people that you're trying to get. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's yeah. There's not one specific set of people we're trying to target. Overall, it's just. You're trying to find a gap in the market. So a gap in the market is um, when you don't have a particular service for that thing at the moment. So then you as a company can try and provide yeah. that service that is not yet being provided. Yeah, because like gaming in general, like there's such a huge, huge market with loads of loads of uh, different avenues and different ways to do it, even within competitive gaming and tournaments like a lot of companies just charge like an entry fee and then you pay to enter one tournament. You play that tournament and then you lose and then that's it. You pay another entry fee. Whereas with us, we don't have any entry fees. We either do a free tournament or we do a membership. So they basically sign up for that and pay no entry fees rather than pay entry fees per tournament, things like that. Yeah, very, very interesting. Um, So where are your customers now mostly are they what what countries are they from is it international or is it just national mainly north america at the moment so it's probably at least 60 percent north america i'd say east's on the west coast and then the rest would be made up of europe all across europe how has the industry changed in the last few years then so you've been doing it just a few years but is it it's a fast changing industry right yeah Certainly since I started, there's been a lot more... I'm not sure if it's just the the game's changing, but there's been a lot more people interested in competing for further prizes. I think people are just getting bored and fed up of just playing... Fed up meaning not satisfied. Yeah, not satisfied, tired. Not happy, yeah, tired. Mm -hmm. Just finding the games a bit mundane... Uh, like a mundane bit, again boring right a, mundane bit, yeah, boring. a yeah. bit boring after playing them for a while yeah um maybe not as challenging as it should be as it like continues to go on not much new content so especially with fifa we've we've run a lot of fifa tournaments that's what we started doing because that's the game i knew the most yeah so that was the one we started the most with so in fifa you've got Loads of game modes and loads of in in game rewards that are not cash based with Ultimate Team, but what a lot of users told me is they they needed something extra to actually get back from their time. So rather than playing in all these in game competitions, so they yeah. got something called the Weekend League where you can earn packs for players, yeah, uh, like in game items. So. There's a lot of players who are doing that, and it's not really rewarding for your time. Whereas if they compete in one of my tournaments, yeah, even though they might not win, they might not get the prize, 
is still kind of more rewarding for their time because they got the got the opportunity uh, got the opportunity to reward their time more so not just from experience but if they're sat down at a console for hours and hours although they may be getting some you know something back from it without competing for prizes if you are yeah. competing for prizes at that time and you can earn some money from it yeah then that's more rewarding for them rather than just playing for in-game items yeah so an in-game item is something you get inside the game not in real life right yeah Whereas so people like, now want a real life prize a real life reward yeah so because we give prize money out also there's yeah there's, there's nothing better than people winning prize money to actually validate their time doing it rather than some in-game items that didn't wouldn't necessarily class as really good stuff really good content yeah so we get not everyone wants to compete for the prize money because some people just want to compete just for fun and like yeah. I said earlier, just find players to play with, like find friends online, pretty much. But, the dog's um, licking my hand. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good sign. <laughs> so yeah, there's it depends per person and per team, really. Not everyone's the same. Yeah, and we're not the same with everyone either. Like we know that not everyone wants to play for prize money and wants to put that kind of pressure on themselves they just want to yeah. have fun so we kind of cater for everyone really they can enter free tournaments they can enter challenges but then we have people who want to play for the prize money as well which is that's more like the higher level of um gamer currently but then mm -hmm. that's what we're trying to do with the website is kind of bring that level down and increase the accessibility to everyone whereas it's right. not just the gate you know the kind of the hardcore stereotypical gamer playing for prize money yeah it's, it can be like a mother playing clash of clans for example or something like that yeah and she plays in a tournament just while she's in the bath or something like she's in the bath <laughs> well, just like, <laughs> don't <laughs> Don't play on your phone in the bath. <laughs> yeah. I don't I mean, recommend. I mean, like, on a spare time, she's not... Or just chilling in the living room. Like, she's not going to do it while yeah. she's, like... She's got to pick the kids up and things like that. Right. <laughs> yeah, don't don't take your phone in the bath. Some some really terrible statistics. <laughs> just in her spare that. time. Or the, the, dad's, the dad's in the bath. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not just, sat, like, dead at a console for hours is what I mean. Yeah. Like, the alternate to that. Like, people who are not sat down for hours in front of the console... Console being like a PlayStation, PlayStation Xbox, Xbox. Yeah. even like PC, yeah, or sat in front of your PC. You're just on your phone. You could yeah. be wait, you could be sat outside waiting for your to pick up your son from practice or something. Right. And then yeah. You get a quick tournament in five minutes. Yeah. Ten minutes. Um, all right. I've got what just one more question for you, Dan, if you wouldn't mind. So the final question I have is: In what ways is competitive gaming different to traditional sports, and in what ways is it the same? There's a lot of people like trying to say that esports is like kind of like a real sport, but I, I don't. It's it's not for me. It never will be. Like the media coverage and just the level of respect, I don't think we'll ever be there for like kind of. These, yeah, because it's stars. easier. Yeah, like it's well, it's not necessarily easy because like a high level gamer is a very skilled. Well, there's a person, lot, right? Especially when it's. With esports teams, the players like they're on multi-million pound contracts to play for these teams. Yeah, and it's definitely not easy. Like they're very stressful environments. Like a lot of them take um, medication to actually make them focus and things like that. 
It's yeah. kind of stuff you don't really read about or see. Performance enhancing substances. Yeah, generally, yeah. Gaming. Like okay. certain uh, focusing medication, things like that. Um, and then they have grueling schedules. They've got to be like certain places around the world. Yeah. What do you mean by grueling? Sorry, I want to just point that one out. So grueling means... Grueling. Uh, difficult, right? Hard work. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hard, grueling is in, yeah, like... Diff- yeah. Hard work, difficult, challenging. Like... I was going to say taxing, but taxing, yeah. Well, that means the same as grueling. Yeah, taxing is something again that's very difficult. It's, it's hard. It's not easy because, yeah. like, they could be in. They could have to play a tournament in North America, then be in Europe like a week later. Yeah. So like all the it's, it's all paid for and all the team gets you there, but it's still like the travel of a yeah, um, like a sports star equivalent. But then with players and teams like that it is only not even the one percent that are like that with these sports yeah so i think with traditional sports it'll always be more accessible to everyone and it'll always be more in people's day-to-day stuff you know stuff like football rugby um in america like basketball nfl baseball there'll always be yeah. more like interest towards it because that's yeah it is an actual sport and it's not it's it's in more like the culture whereas i think esports gaming is in the culture like probably i I don't know any of the stats but probably everyone's played at least you know a couple of video games in their lives even if they're not video gamers now yeah like not with the older generation but with modern people i think yeah yeah because with the older generation i think they stopped when they were like like kids yeah my mum thinks it's a thing for kids yeah she finds it very strange to see yeah. adults so playing, um yeah. I, but i think now especially with smartphones like especially older people as well they're like playing video games on their phones and not really realizing they're like gaming in that yeah. way so i think it's i think if you compare sports with esports specifically where it's kind of like a whole team thing getting paid a salary and representing a team to do it, then, yeah, I don't think it can be compared. But then compare it to, like, gaming, then I think that's, you know, gaming is as part of culture as sports are. Yeah, now, yeah. So I think that's... Um, the similarity. That's Yeah, that's a similarity, like, culture-wise and, like, size-wise. But, no, there's, there'll always be, like, the... It's probably not even 0.2% or something of gamers who are actually paid a salary to game. Yeah. They've got loads of streamers now making their own content, but a lot of them are not signed to like a specific team. Yeah. Like some of them are. Yeah. Um, I think that is a, one of the big differences as well. Um, who knows? It may change in the future, but we'll, we'll have you back on if it's, if it changes to update. Yeah. All right. So cheers, Dan. Thanks so much for doing this. And thanks to the dog no as worries. well. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Cheers.